been on extended leave. I actually had six weeks off. It was amazing. Six weeks. I've never had six weeks off in my life. I don't consider having children time off. So um, all the mothers said amen. Um, so I just had six weeks off. And someone asked me the other day how I was feeling after my recent time off. And my reply was this. I feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Right? Who's ever felt like that? You all have, I'm sure. But if I'm honest, by the end of that particular day, um, my stature and my ability to repel bullets had diminished significantly. It's just days are like that, right? And we all know the facts. When you look at me, there's not one person in this room, even though I'm standing on this platform, that would say I am actually 10 feet tall. If you have that impression, I love you, but you are deluded. And I'm not really probably in the frame of mind on any day of my life to test the theory that I can repel bullets or any other sort of small projectiles. But it's just not the facts. I felt 10 foot tall and bulletproof. But the facts are I'm a little shorter than 10 foot and potentially without testing it, although I've seen other people test it. I'm not bulletproof. I'm just not. But feelings are a little bit like that, aren't they? And even the fact that at the beginning of the day, I felt 10 foot tall and bulletproof, and by the end of the day, not so much, shows you how much feelings can change due to our circumstances and whatever happens to us in the day. And feelings and emotions, they're a bit like that, aren't they? They're changeable. They're fleeting. They're not really an accurate reflection of facts most of the time. Um, and it doesn't mean we should ignore our feelings. I think that would be terrible. I would hate to be someone who doesn't feel because they're really what makes us who we are. It's, it's our heart, I guess. And without them, we'd be kind of robotic, clinical, boring, unex unable to express happiness. That would be bad. Sadness, I wouldn't mind that so much. Fear. Imagine not being able to express fear. That would be awful. Like, I'm, I'm really fearful of this whatever. I've been watching um, Yellowstone with my husband because we want to get back into it before the new one comes out. And there's lots of bears in it. And, I mean, imagine if you were being stalked by a bear. Do they stalk? Anyway, chased by a bear. And you weren't able to express fear. It would be awful. But feelings, they're just the heart of who we are. And everyone is different. Now, the fact is, what I was trying to say by saying I felt 10 foot tall and bulletproof was that I felt rested and relaxed and refreshed by my time off. That's the facts. But how I felt about it moment to moment changed depending on who I was talking to and what circumstances I was facing in that moment from day to day. So feelings are really important, but they were never meant to be what we base every element of our life on. Otherwise, we go nuts. Honestly, they actually need to be tied to truth or fact so that we have balance and we can really determine what the situation is and what it's bringing into our life. We need to take our feelings and tie them to fact. 
And we live in a world, I don't know if you've noticed this, where feelings are a lot of the time now mistaken for fact, aren't they? And in some cases, they even replace fact. And feelings in some areas are even overriding science in a lot of forums in a way that we've never seen it before. So I think it's really important that we talk about facts versus feelings. It has become, I feel this, so therefore it is. Because I feel this way, therefore it is this way. But to truly read the situation, we've got to go further than just our feelings. We've got to attach it to fact or truth. So here's an example. I might get up one day, look out my window, as I do every morning, see the birds flying beautifully from, you know, power line to power line and from tree to tree, branch to branch. And I might just think, well, you know what? Today, today's the day. I feel like I can fly. I feel like I can. I mean, really. The birds seem to do it with a little effort. They do. So I feel like I can fly. Now, everybody in this room is going, yeah, I'd like to see that happen. Why? Because the fact is gravity, physics. So as much as I feel it, I can't do it. And the truth is, no matter how much I feel like I can fly, I would do well to sit with that feeling and attach it to facts before I climb on my roof and launch out. True? True. So you've got to align it with the facts. Feelings can be fleeting and changeable. I mean, you can fly if you want to get an aeroplane, but I'm not talking about that sort of flight. Okay. Um, Feelings can be fleeting and interchangeable. Who agrees with that? Who feels one way one day and the circumstances change and then you feel differently the next? Or maybe, for some of us in the room, from moment to moment. Whereas fact or truth should be stable and dependable. So I want to give you an example from a situation in Scripture that I think illustrates this really well. It's found in Numbers 13, and many of you will know this story, but we're going to just read through a few of the verses. And it's the story of Moses, where he sends out the 12 spies to spy out the land that God has promised them. It's their land. They just have to take it, and it's the story of that. So in in Numbers 13, 1, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. That's a good point to note. The people he sent led tribes. They were not just, okay, you, 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 you. It was these people were leaders. They had insight. They had experience. So just remember that. And he says in verse 18, See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kinds of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How's the soil? Is, the, is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land because it was the season for the first ripe grapes. So picking up in 21. So they went up and explored the land. 23. When they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. 
At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. Verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Anak was a giant. Was a giant. So in verse 30, Caleb silenced the people before Moses. Caleb was one of the men that went in and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Isn't it funny how feelings can change? They go in, they see how amazing the land is but they are feeling fearful by one thing that they see and their whole report changes. So let's, let's look at the facts. This land was promised to the Israelites by God. It was actually theirs. They just had to take it. Another fact, Moses sent out 12 men and all of them were leaders. All of them. They all had insight and experience. Their mandate was to see what the land is like to come back, give a strategic analysis and answer to some very specific questions about the land. They came back, this is a fact, with a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes that two of them carried on a pole between them. I don't know, I've seen some pretty big grapes. I have never had to enlist Chris to come to beach houses with me with a pole so that I can carry the grapes home. That's pretty amazing, really. Their report was, we went into the land which you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. Well, that was one of the questions. And the cities are fortified. That was one of the questions and very large. And we even saw the descendants of Anak there. And this is where we move into feelings. And Caleb says... I like Caleb. We should go up and take it because it is certainly ours. But 10 of them disagree. We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. The land we explored devours those living in it. Now, did they see that? No. They saw a giant and decided that they felt like the land devoured those living in it. And all the people we saw there were of great size. So that's a slight exaggeration. They did see some of the descendants of Anak there. And the bottom line was, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. Because our perception is so very important. Our perception is so very important because it becomes our reality. So if we base our perception solely on what we feel, then it becomes what is real to us. And that's why it's so important to ground it in the truth or the facts. Because it becomes our reality. So they felt. No one said, you look like grasshoppers. 
I don't think they even spoke to anyone. They felt small. They felt insignificant. They felt like grasshoppers in their own sight. So their perception was then, so we were in their eyes. They felt small, helpless, and insignificant. I've got to say at this point, they misunderstood the assignment. They misunderstood the assignment. This was never about feelings. Moses didn't go and say, go into the land and tell me how you feel about it. Tell me how you feel. No, he didn't. He said, go into the land and gather information. He even gave them the parameters so that we can strategically plan how we are going to take this land that God has given us. The truth was this land had been promised to them by the creator of the universe. That's that's pretty big, people. That's pretty big. So he promised it to them. It was already theirs. But their feelings didn't align with the truth. And this is important. And it held them out of their future. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. If we don't align our feelings with the truth, it can actually keep us captive. It can hold us out of things that God has said we will walk into if we rely solely on our feelings. It can make us feel lost. They felt lost. Let me give you a recent personal example. That's a great scriptural example. But my mother passed away about two months ago. And when she passed away, I, you know, I was obviously very sad, but I was also overwhelmed with a feeling, a feeling of being abandoned and alone. That's how I felt. It was very real to me. I felt abandoned and alone. And they were very familiar to me, those feelings. They were very familiar. And they took me right back to my childhood, where as I was an only adopted child in an often volatile and somewhat cold, emotionally cold family. And those feelings hit me like a Mack truck. And I knew what they were and they made me stop because they seemed so real. I felt in that moment alone. I felt abandoned. I I felt like a small child again. But wait a minute. That's how I felt. Is that actually the truth? No, it's not the truth at all. It's not the truth. Is it a fact? No, no, it's not. I'm not One, I'm not a little girl anymore. I think we can all see that fairly plainly. But I'm not alone. In fact, more than ever, I'm surrounded by a loving family. I'm placed in a community that I love. I have so many friends. I have Jesus in my life who tells me that he will never leave me or forsake me. So even though I felt alone and abandoned, the fact was that was just a feeling. The fact was... It was very, very different. So I had a clear conflict between the way that I felt and the facts. Who's ever been there? I feel this way. I know it's not true, but I feel it. I feel like I'm never going to overcome this. I know it's not true. I know that it's possible, but I feel it. I feel like I'm never going to get better, but I know that I need to have faith. That's the fact. And I can walk through this. I can have hope and I can walk through this, but I feel like it's never going to happen. So I just want to tell you what I did. Because I had time, this is important, I had time. 
I took some time. I didn't push it down and ignore it because I've done that before. And what happens when you push down and don't and, and try to ignore the way you feel is it pops up like some weird jack-in-a-box, generally at a time that's totally not convenient or conducive to dealing with it. Just get somewhere and you'll be somewhere and it's like, I feel overwhelmed. This is not the time. So I didn't push it down. I actually sat with it, which is, was really uncomfortable, to be honest. I just sat with it. And I logic it out, allowed myself to feel it. Then I tried to work out why I was feeling it. And it was easy to explain to me because I'd felt it before and it was no, it was very real. But once I'd taken the time to actually think about it and compare it to the facts and sit with it, I was actually okay with it. And it feeling the feeling passed, like feelings do. Because I didn't allow it to become my reality. I didn't allow it to become the perspective or the perception that I looked at life through. I sat, I aligned it with the truth, and the feeling passed. You know, and sometimes you can't do that by yourself. Sometimes you need an outside perspective. That's why we have community. That's why we have friends. That's why we have mental health professionals. Sometimes you need an outside perspective from someone you trust. Hey, I'm feeling this way. And they can go, duh, don't be ridiculous. This is the truth. You know, you can say, is it justified or am I just overreacting? So I want to give us a few little hints. Is this good? Are you good? I want to give us a few little hints on how to align our feelings with the truth. Are you ready? Number one, understand that just because it's how you feel doesn't mean it's fact. In Proverbs 4.23, we're told to guard our heart with due diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. We have to guard our heart That's, you know, when we talk about feelings, we talk about heart. And I understand that the heart is an organ and all of that stuff. But when we talk about feelings, we talk about heart. And the Bible says we have to guard it. Why? Because out of it flow the issues of life. So what flows into your future flows out of how you feel. And if your feelings aren't aligned with the truth, then what flows out of your heart can be what happened to the Israelites and it can hold you captive. It can hold you back. So we have to guard our heart just because it's how I feel doesn't mean it's a fact. Number two, don't be afraid to sit with your feelings. In Matthew 14, when John the Baptist is beheaded by Herod, you know, John the Baptist and Jesus were very close. The disciples bring the news to Jesus in Matthew 14, 13, and this is his response. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He went and he sat with his grief so that he could align what he was feeling with what he needed to do, his purpose, He took the time to feel it and to stop. He withdrew to assault. And I think, you know, in these moments, if it's good enough for Jesus to do it, 
You know, so often we just keep rolling, just keep taking the hits, keep rolling, keep taking the hits, keep rolling. And I saw this so clearly in my life. My dad passed away 15 years ago and my mum, when I took her home from the hospital where he'd passed away, I realised very quickly that she didn't even know how to unlock the front door. So I knew immediately that I had to fill a void that was now missing because my dad wasn't there. And it was a, she didn't have a license. I had to organise her life for her. And I didn't take the time to sit with how I felt about it. And so I think when my mother passed away, it became the double whammy because I'd never had time to withdraw to a solitary place and work out how I felt about my dad's passing. And so I determined this time, it only took me 15 years, to learn if Jesus, when confronted with something that was very heavy on the feeling side, grief, withdrew. You know, this is the, this is the saviour of the universe. He withdrew to a solitary place privately. It's okay to sit with how you feel. It's okay when someone says to you, how are you feeling, to say, yeah, I'm working through it. I'm not quite sure yet. It's okay, but we feel like we have to have the answer. No, I'm great, doing great. No, I'm good, awesome, great, fantastic. Life is amazing. No, 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 it's okay to go. You know what? I'm, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that yet because I haven't had a chance to align it with the fact or the truth. Number three, ask yourself, what are the facts? Sometimes we don't do that. What is the truth? What are the facts and what is the truth in my circumstance? Scripture tells us that wisdom is available to us. Wisdom's available. It actually says in, where are we? Proverbs 1, 20 to 23, it talks about wisdom actually crying out from the street corners. So it's almost like God is saying, if you need wisdom, it's right there. Oh, missed it. Oh, it's right there. Oh, missed it. It's right there. Every corner, there's wisdom at every corner. And that can be wisdom that you feel by the Holy Spirit as you pray. It can be wisdom from your friends who've been through a similar thing. It can just be wisdom that people give you because you ask them, can you please tell me how I, should, how I can reconcile this in my life? What's the fact and what is truth? And sometimes we don't do it. Sometimes we're in such a hurry to work through the feelings, to rid ourselves of the feelings that we actually don't take the time to stop and seek wisdom and we miss it and our perception becomes skewed and we go down a path that we then have to take a detour in, in 15 years, in my case, in 15 years and come back onto the path and continue on with our future. It's so important to work out what are the facts and what is the truth. Number, I've lost count five. Four? Are you sure? Anyway, number something. Next one. Consult someone that you trust for a perspective check. Consult someone that you trust. If you're feeling something and you feel like this is, this is significant, then consult someone that you trust. I feel like, people say to me all the time, I feel like I don't belong. That's a feeling. It's not a fact. 
I feel like I don't belong. I feel like I don't measure up. That's a feeling, not a fact. I feel like I'm not doing enough. Well, that could be a fact, but until you run it by somebody else, you're not going to know. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like this person. I had many years ago in church life, I had a really lovely, lovely man, lovely man, who I got on with really well, and all of a sudden, he stopped talking to me. He wouldn't look at me. I was like, this is really odd. And it went on for a little bit of time. And so I went up to him after a little bit of time and I said, have I, like, are you okay? Did I do something to upset you? And he said, I saw you in Coles and you didn't smile at me. I had small children at the time. I didn't see anything. I was sleep deprived. And he said, I feel like you don't like me. I had never done anything to make that man feel like I did not like him, apart from not see him in Coles, which was slightly out of my control, I felt. But if he hadn't, if I hadn't had that conversation, and many of us have had this situation where someone just disappears from your life and we never go back and fact check, we never go, are you okay? Or sometimes we do and they're not honest, honest enough to tell us what's going on and that person disappears from our life because they feel like we ignored them when we didn't actually see them. So we see it in Scripture. A really good example of it in Scripture is when Jethro comes to Moses. Jethro is Moses' father-in-law. And Moses feels overwhelmed because he's overwhelmed because he's listening to multiplied Hundreds of thousands of people's problems every day. They were lining up from morning till noon. What sort of a day would that be, people? From morning till noon, they were up till night. They were lining up with all their issues for him. And I mean, I've been a leader. Some of their issues, probably many of their issues, were probably how he was leading. And so he's got to take that on as well. And he's feeling overwhelmed. And his father-in-law comes. Because Moses is fast burning out. And Moses consults his father-in-law and his father-in-law gives him wisdom, says, you are doing too much, get some other people to do it, just do the hard stuff. And Moses is able to continue because he got someone else's perspective on the way he was feeling. And sometimes we go down that tunnel of this is how I'm feeling and we don't get anybody's perspective and we come out the other end and we've literally lost years of our lives on just a feeling when if at the beginning we could say oh look I feel a bit this way and someone could actually give you their perspective give you a bit of wisdom you'd actually be right to go and the last one and by no means the least one is pray you've got to pray you've got to pray when you feel a way that you know isn't in your heart isn't really the fact You've got to pray when you feel overwhelmed. Jesus gives us example after example after example after example of this in Scripture where he draws aside to pray. In Luke 22, 39, it's the account of Jesus just hours before he is arrested. And we can look at that and we'll think, well, it was Jesus. You know, he knew what was coming. He knew it. But in that moment, he wrestled with the way he was feeling about what he had to do because he was 100% human and 100% God. 
So he wrestled with the way that he was feeling about having to go to the cross. He wrestled with how he was feeling. And what did he do? He withdrew to the Mount of Olives to pray through his feelings and align his heart with the truth, knowing that by doing this, there's a far greater purpose to this than how I feel. There's a far greater result to this than how I feel. If I don't, if, if, imagine if Jesus said to God, well, actually, God, it's a great plan. Just don't feel like it today. Well, I don't know where we'd be for a start. Because he understood you can actually get wisdom and perspective and hope when we connect our heart with our Father in heaven. He prayed through his feelings. And some, that's a real key. And it's one that we often ignore. I don't feel like praying, people say to me. I don't feel like praying right now. Well, it's not a, really a feeling, is it? Do you want an answer? Do you want some hope? Do you want some possibility? Do you want some energy? Then draw aside, do what Jesus did. Draw aside. He withdrew to pray through his feelings and align his heart and his actions with the truth. Was that helpful? My feelings are great. I'm not saying feelings aren't great. I'm just saying feelings are great, but we need to balance them. If you feel overwhelmed this morning, as I was preparing today, I thought there are people in this place who feel overwhelmed, feel overwhelmed by life, by circumstance, by busyness, by decisions you have to make. And I'd really like to pray for you this morning. So I wonder if we could just stand. And I wonder if you'd be brave enough in this place today, if that's you, I just feel like, you know, it might just be a seasonal thing. I just feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm in a place where I don't really know what to do. I don't feel like there's any way forward. I don't feel like, I don't feel good about where my life is at right now. I wonder if you would let us, as your family, stand with you, pray with you, believe with you, to align wisdom and fact with how you're feeling. Is anyone here this morning or are you all just good? Well, I'm going to put my hand up. Awesome. I see those hands. Lord, we just thank you this morning. As a community of faith, we stand together. Lord, I pray for each hand that's raised and each one that isn't. Lord, I just thank you for bringing wisdom and insight and perspective and truth into these circumstances and situations. I thank you for just bringing a supernatural ability to find someone potentially who will give a different perspective. I thank you for a peace to settle and, a, and a, just an absolute confidence that you are walking through this with us, that the way that we feel, give us the, the confidence to sit with it and allow that feeling to pass and your truth, being that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that you have come that we might have life to the full till it overflows, that there is nothing that separates us from your love in Christ Jesus can't be too high, too low, too big, whatever. There's nothing that separates us from you. And when we are connected to you, when we're connected to the truth, when we're connected to that heavenly spiritual realm, we just have a confidence that no matter what we see, 
And no matter what we feel, you're right there with us and you can lead us through it. In Jesus' name, amen.